you will, turn to uh, John 8. This morning I'll be uh, talking about the light of Christ. And we need to, we need to understand uh, 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 about this because our world is um, in deep trouble, folks. <laughs> and it's getting worse. And we need to know what we have to face because it's going to come down on us as believers and we have to understand why it's going to do that. Before we go to the scripture, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for all your blessings, Lord. We thank you for your word and for the understanding of it. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit which indwells the believers, that indwells this church, Lord, that reaches out to the lost to help them to understand their position, Lord, with you, and that their need for salvation through Jesus Christ. Help us to help others, Lord, to do that. Help us to understand our part in all of this and what you expect of us. Please, Lord, use this church Use its people. Use your word, Lord, to reach out and touch those that need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And be with us, be with us this morning, Lord, and preach to this preacher to bring glory and honor to yourself, Lord, and to edify your children that sit before you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. John 8 and verse 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John 9, 5, it says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And in John 12, 46, it says, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now, I read those three passages because they talk about the light of Christ, and we want to talk about that this morning because this is something that's often overlooked, and it's extremely powerful, and we don't, uh, don't already always recognize it. We don't always recognize that we have it in us and that we are to share it with the world, but that comes with problems. The question I have this morning concerning this is, why do so many people hate the name of Jesus? Do you ever think about that? I've often thought about that. Why do they hate the name of Jesus? I mean, they don't, they don't get upset when you mention Buddha or uh, uh, Islam or, or, or any, any other religious leader, they don't get upset. But when they, you, you talk about Jesus, they, they just, people just get real upset. They don't want him mentioned in schools. They don't want him mentioned in government. They don't want his name mentioned anywhere that, uh, in the public eye. They just, they just want his name eliminated. Now, why is that? What's... What irritates people so much about the name of Jesus? That's what I want to look at this morning. 
Now, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, this is a pretty specific statement here. In John 14, 6, Jesus excludes all other paths to God the Father. He says, I am the way. Now, that's pretty specific, right? I mean, you can't get there through Judaism. You can't get there through to, to the Father by Islam. You can't get to him by uh, Buddhism, by Hinduism. You can't get, it, get to, to, to God the Father through Catholicism. You know, you can't even get to God the Father through a Baptist church or any other church or any other religion. Jesus is making a statement here that the only way to the, to the Father is through a personal relationship with Him. It's not just, oh, well, I'm a Christian. No. It's not just coming forward and say, oh, I want to belong to a church. No. It's accepting Jesus as your personal Savior and developing a relationship with him is the only way that God the Father is going to hear from you. You know, I, I hear people talk to me all the time that their, their Christianity, let's just say, is questionable. And they, oh, I pray all the time. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I pray all the time. Well, that doesn't mean God hears you. Why would you say, even think that God hears you? What relationship do you have with God? Well, he's my creator. Okay. You're also a sinner, which means that you've broken you know, all relationships with, with, with uh, God. You have no fellowship with him because your sin stands between you and him. So you can pray all you want. Now, God hears all prayers, but God doesn't pay attention to all prayers. Because Jesus says it's only through him that you can get to God the Father. And he set that up that way. Now, Jesus is making a foundational statement that only through a personal relationship with him can you access God the Father. Now, other people would argue with that. They'll tell you, well, well, what about these people are sincere? That doesn't mean anything. They said, well, I have a priest. The priest talks to, to God for me. What does that mean? Does the priest have a special back door or? special number to God, he can call up, hey, God, you know, this, this person was wanting to get, you know, wanting this, this favor from you. No. So, with that, it's, with that situation where you can't get to God the Father except through Jesus Christ, is this a reason why people hate the name of Jesus? I don't think so. You know why I don't think so? Because they just Okay, I don't care. They can just brush it off, right? So why would they hate his name? 
I don't think so. I don't think it's for that. In this same statement, he declares that he is the truth and there is no other as he is the only way to God the Father, then it is only a true way through him. Now, some would would say, wait a minute, truth. Jesus says he's truth. Well, what does that mean? I mean, isn't truth debatable? I mean, you talk to me, well, your truth is not my truth. Anybody ever, ever run into that? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Truth is truth, isn't it? No. Well, no, no. Everybody has their own truth. Trust me, folks. You're going to hear more and more about that as the world gets deeper in the darkness because they are developing their own truth. What is true for me may not be true for you. Well... If I steal your car, then it's my car, right? That's my truth. It's my car now because I stole it. So don't be sending the police after me because it's my car. That's my truth. That's, it's idiotic, but that's what the world is, is running on right now. So it's truth. But is, is, that, is that a reason why people would hate the name of Jesus? I don't think so. I don't think so because, again, they just brush it off. Well, that's his truth. I believe. I, I, I love that. I believe. Well, what do you believe in? Well, I believe that, that God hears me. I believe that there's other truths. I believe. What's your basis of your truth? I, I, it's because I believe it. But I don't, again, they, that's not a reason to hate Jesus. He also adds, and the life. Now, now to the unbeliever, this is a strange statement. For, for, but for us, for those of us that have accepted him as our Savior, we understand that he is talking about a new and eternal life. So when he says he's the life, what does that mean? You know, people, people uh, that, that aren't believers, they just, they just can't conceive of this. What is this? What, is, what does he mean? He is the life. We know him as the, the, life, the way to eternal life. But they can't. So if they can't understand that, then, then why would they hate Jesus over this? Well, I don't think they do. I think these concepts here are just, they're beyond their understanding. So why would they hate Jesus? Now, okay, so... They don't hate him for this, but why would they hate him at all? Let's, let's just say that you don't accept uh, that Jesus Christ is all, all these things. You don't uh, see, so, uh, you don't understand what he's saying here, but what about the positive things he did? I mean, shouldn't, I mean, why would people hate Jesus when he spoke of love? He taught love. In, uh, in Mark 12, 31, Jesus says that the second greatest commandment of God is to love thy neighbor thyself. Why would you get mad at a man who t- preaches that? I mean, how could you hate someone that says, love everybody? That doesn't make sense. 
That was, that's something I struggled with for so many years. Why would they hate Jesus when he, he, just, he says everybody should love everybody? In Matthew 5.44, it says, Jesus says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus took love to a whole new level. I mean, it's one thing to love those who love you. It's another thing to love those that, that don't know you. But it's a whole new level, folks, when Jesus says you're to love your enemies. It's, it's huge. I mean, think about that. If the world just accepted that, think of how much better the world would be in today if we just loved our neighbors ourselves, loved our enemies, loved all those around us. It would be a great place. So why would they hate the name of Jesus? He taught forgiveness. In Luke 6.37 it says, Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Wow. I mean, isn't this, isn't this what they taught back in the 70s? You know? For those who remember the 70s. Yeah, it was love everyone, forgive everyone. Everybody's a flower child, you know. It's all they talked about was love. And of course, a lot, a lot of them didn't even understand what love really was. But, yeah, they, you know, they wanted love around the world. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? You don't hear about people loving people. It's, it's, it's all about Tolerating people. Tolerating. But not loving. He taught kindness. In Ephesians 4.32, Paul uh, talks about it. It says, and, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Forgiveness. I mean, you would think that all these things that... Jesus taught these positive attributes of him, they would want that discussed in school. They would want that discussed in government. You would, want, you would think that they would all want these kinds of teachings in, uh, to our children and to our adults and to everyone, right? Love one another. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Love your enemies. It just doesn't make sense why they hate the name of Jesus. And they do. So let's go back. I think this is the reason they hate Jesus. Let's go back to our original scriptures here. In John, John 8, 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 9, 5 says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And in John 12, 46, it says, I am come a light into the world, 
that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. I believe, now you might read that and not get the same out of me, but my experience is in my own personal relationship with Christ is that this is why they hate Christ. What is the purpose of light? Purpose of light is it's, it's, it's first to illuminate, to expose, to reveal, or to make known. To be a Christian, this is the first attribute that you must accept about Jesus. You must acknowledge that you are a sinner. You must use the light of Jesus to look deep within yourself and let him reveal the dark places where you hide your most shameful thoughts and desires. You may have hidden them away from the world. You may even have hidden them away from yourself. But you can't hide them from the light of Christ. Right now, in this room, and those that that will be listening to my words on the internet, shame may be swelling up in you for the things that you've done in the past. When I think about the, the light of Christ, it does me. All the things that I'm sorry for, all the things that I did wrong, all the things, all the bad choices that I made, it shames me. And it may shame you. This is not because of the words of some poor preacher reminding you of them, but it's, it's because of God's word that penetrates you, that exposes you. This, this is the light of Christ. It is God's word pulling at your soul to allow the light of Christ to expose that shame. It is the shame that leads to fear and a fear that leads to repentance. For just just like a cancer in the body, we have a cancer of the soul. It's eating away at us us every single day. It is holding us back from being happy. It's it's holding us back from our relationships with others. Without even thinking about it, it eats away at our life. Now to the unbeliever, he doesn't even know what's causing it. It's like, a, again, like a person with a cancer that's not been diagnosed yet. They feel bad. They don't have the, the strength that they have. They just, it's, something's wrong with them, and they just can't figure it out. But it's eating away at them, growing more and more and more. Without even thinking about it, it eats away at our life. The cancer of the soul is guilt. And the guilt is caused by the sins that we've committed. With the guilt comes pain. I know you felt that. I know when you've done something wrong, you've hurt somebody, you've, you've I mean, that's, that's the worst thing. When you've really hurt somebody, when you've broken their heart, when you've brought shame on them or yourself, I mean, you know the pain. We all know the pain. 
We've all experienced it because we're humans. And we've all sinned and we've all done that. And none of us are proud of it. We're all ashamed of it. For those that accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, we find relief from the pain. We find hope for the future and love in the present. The scars of shame are still there, and even though the cancer of sin may appear again, we have the remedy that cures it. It's like, it's like always having that cure so that when we mess up, when we sin, we do something really stupid or even minor, we can go to God and say, Jesus, please forgive me. And he's faithful and just to forgive us. And we can move on. The healing will take the rest of our life while we still live in a fallen world. But we know that a complete makeover will take place someday. We have that hope. We have that knowledge that it will do that. That we'll get a new body. We'll get a new personality. We'll get... We'll get well, we don't want to sin. Well, we, we look at something and, and we won't even say, well, let's, let's steal that. Let's lie a little bit. Well, that may embarrass me. So I, I, I don't want to tell the truth. No, we'll get to the point. Hey, you always tell the truth. And we'll never have that guilt again. We'll be new people. We'll be as Christ. He never lied. He never concealed anything. He ne- I mean, he was nothing but love. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's given us that light to shine into our souls. In Ephesians 5, 8, it says, For ye have sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walking as children of light. This is so very important. The light that has exposed all of our faults, all of our sins, so that we can take all of that and present it to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. That light still stays in us. Once we accept him as our savior, that light stays in us. Always shining on both what is we do wrong and also what we do right. So that when we do open a door for someone or we go and take food to someone in need or we go pick up somebody and bring them to church, that light shines on that saying, that's what I want. The light of Christ goes from a searching light to a leading light, revealing all the possibilities of a new life, illuminating the promises that God has made to us, warming us as Jesus wraps his loving arms around us and filling us with the contentment and joy that is indescribable. Do you ever try to describe to someone your true feelings about Jesus? I can't do it. 
I don't know if you can. I can't. It's just, it's just too great, too wonderful, too majestic, too just too powerful. Because God loves me. Think about that. God loves you. How, you can't get any better than that, folks. God loves you. But for those that, that have not accepted Jesus Christ, his light is hated. In John 3.19, it says, and Jesus says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The light of Jesus shines on every soul seeking to expose the sin in every life so that they can also find help and forgiveness through him. In Acts 26, 18, Jesus says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's what the light is there for. However, for most, they prefer, prefer the darkness be undisturbed. Today we see more darkness overcoming the world than at any other time. With worldwide communications, the darkness is spreading like a wildfire in a pine forest. The new religion is based on feelings and is just as fluid as feelings. And the new God is the worship of pharmaceuticals. People now believe that their drug god can extend their life, make them feel better about themselves, hide their sinful nature, give them an escapement from their shame, or make them rich enough to forget about their shame. If we wanted to find a false prophet and an antichrist in the world today, we would be, it would be the internet and the medical industry. Now, I'm not bashing all doctors. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good doctors out there. But if you look at the industry as a whole, when they're setting up hospitals all around the country to do one thing, and that's to mutilate mutilate children, then you have a problem with the medical field. You notice, as soon as abortion was restricted... And the profits from that dwindled. That they moved on to something new. And they said, well, we can't get them at birth. So now we'll get them before they're of age to make a good decision. And we'll mutilate their bodies. And destroy their lives. Is that not correct? We see it in the newspaper every day. But with all the darkness in the world, Christ's light still shines through. If it did not, the world would not be striving so hard to eliminate his name from public exposure. We were to show you just just the, the darkness that's enveloping our world. Me and Diana were listening to a, a person yesterday 
talk about, he, he's, a, he's an author and uh, a, a radio uh, person, and uh, he's, he's in the public eye, but he's a conservative, and he had a question. He had a question, very simple question. What is a woman? I mean, how many here know what a woman is? Okay, we've got, we've got no problem there, right? You would think, oh, it, it's a simple question. He went to doctors. He went to psychiatrists. He went to government people, senators and, and, and such. He, he went to all the professions. And he asked them, what is a woman? Do you know he couldn't get an answer? Nobody would give him a definition of a woman. He was talking to a woman psychiatrist about this and said, can you, can you just tell me what a woman is? And she, and she said, no, I can't. And he said, well, well, why can't you? You're a woman. She says, well, but I identify as a man, so therefore I don't know what a woman is. Our children, you see these beautiful young ladies here, young man here, young lady back here, all these young people here, they are the ones who are going to be most affected by this. Us older folks, you know, the Lord's going to call us home before the whole place, you know, crashes. But these young people, they're going to have to deal with this. And truth. Truth does not exist anymore in the secular world. This same man was asking another person, you know, what is a woman? And he said, well, why do you want to know what a woman is? He says, well, because I'm trying to find the truth. And she says, I'm offended. He says, what are you offended about? She said that you would ask for the truth. It's a darkness, and it's just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. Man was made in the image of God and with a body, soul, and spirit. Man is, is by nature connected to God. Fellowship with God has been broken by sin, but the natural connection is still there. If it were not, we would be like all other beasts. Seeking only survival. We wouldn't be trying to better ourselves. We would just food, shelter, clothing. That's all we'd be after, right? Just like any other animal. But you take even, even unbelievers in the secular world. What do they want to do? They want to better their lives. Right? They want more comfort. They, they want a better life for themselves. Well, why is that? Well, because they are made in the image of God and they understand that they're not as good as they could be. So every person seeks to be better than he is right now. Some seek it by following the direction of God, like we do here. 
And some seek it by following their own sinful desires. The light of Christ reveals these sinful desires and the result produces shame. The shame is painful and the natural response is to eliminate the light. Just like someone that denies a medical condition, if they can just eliminate it from their thoughts, it doesn't exist. So when you bring up the name of Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit grabbing their soul, touching their soul, saying, you've got shame. You know the shame you feel? You know the pain you feel from that shame? They're going, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about love and kindness and gentleness. I don't want to hear any of that. Why don't they? It's because it's painful to them. The light of Christ comes to people in, a different, in different powers. Now, sometimes it's soft and gentle, urging people to look within themselves to see their, their need for a physician, a physician that can remove their guilt and their shame. We have to remember that because we, we have the light of Christ and it's our responsibility to share it with others. So we have to be careful how we share it with others. The light of Christ is always powerful, but is often soft. Why do you think that Christ spoke in parables? Do you ever wonder about that? In Matthew 13, 35, it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Things that were kept secret. In Matthew 13, 13, Jesus speaks of this. Therefore, speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Jesus was wanting to get the light to them. But he was careful about it. The church has not, had not been born yet. He had not paid for all the sins yet. That had... That was a secret yet to, to, to come. The church was a secret. It was never mentioned in the Old Testament. The church, the church we know it today. So all these things had to come about. So Jesus was trying to get the light through to them. And he was also wanting to give them grace to walk away without openly rejecting him. Well, I don't understand. I don't know what he's saying. I, I just, you know, I don't want anything to do with it. And in this way, they could have another chance later on to listen, to accept. So he's very soft about it. To a lost world or a lost soul, the word of God can be confusing. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why we have to be careful when we spread the gospel of Christ. We have to understand. That person we're talking to, they may not understand anything that you're saying. So why give them the gospel? You give them the gospel because the Holy Spirit is the one who is touching their hearts with it. It's not you. You're giving the gospel, but those words 
The Holy Spirit is taking and touching their spirit, their, their soul, and saying, listen, you need this. Listen, this is a help to you. This is God reaching out to you. But sometimes, you know, we have people, you're all going to hell if you don't get saved. Well, that's true, isn't it? Well, what happens when somebody takes a, you know, a 7,000 loom flashlight and puts it in your eyes? Oh, wait, wait a minute. So, we have to be soft at times, but now, but sometimes we have to be harsh. Sometimes we run into a really hardened heart. The light of Christ can also be a harsh and cutting light like a laser. In John 8, 8 45, 44 and 45, Jesus is speaking to the Sadducees and Pharisees and says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you truth, ye believe me not. Sometimes you have to just come straight out and say, listen, okay, you don't want to believe me? That's fine. You're... You're choosing to go to hell. God is not sending you there. You're choosing to go to hell because you're rejecting Christ. God's giving you a out-of-jail-free card, and you say, I don't want it. That's fine. Because guess what? God's not going to force it down you. But yet, it's our duty to tell people about the free card, about Jesus, and about how he can save them. Matthew 23, 27 says, Jesus is again speaking to them, says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Does that sound pretty gentle? (laughs) No. No, Jesus could be harsh. Because he knew that heart was harder than this up here. It was, their hearts were hard as stone. They didn't want to hear that truth. But God gave them the truth. Jesus gave them the truth. So Jesus is hated because he exposes the worst in people. Some will, re- will respond to it in shame and humility as we did. Some will respond with denial and hatred. Jesus said he would be hated and we that spread the light of Christ will be hated because of it. This is what's really so important here. John 15, 24, Jesus says, If I had not come among them, the works which, they, which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now... Have they both seen and hated both me and the Father? Jesus says, if I'd never come, then they they would have had an excuse. Well, I didn't know about that. But Jesus says, I came, I showed them, I proved it. With all the miracles I did, I showed them that I was from God the Father, that I was God. 
and yet they rejected me. So they have no excuse. When we tell people about Jesus, from that point on, they're responsible to respond to it. And John 15, 18 says, If the world hated you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. And John 17, 14 says, I have given them my word, thy word, and the word the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This is this is this is why I'm so concerned with our young people today. Because if they cling to Jesus, they're going to be hated. Because every time somebody, some boy walks into to the girl's locker room and says, oh, I'm a girl today. They're going to have to speak up and say, no, you're not. You're, you're a male. Males are not allowed in this locker room. And they're not just going to get attacked by that person. They're going to get attacked by schools. They're going to get attacked by uh, 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 whole towns. Why? Because they're just speaking the truth. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse because there's a power behind it that is increasing, and that is the devil. The devil has got these people, and he's using them, and he's collecting more and more. And, and as the truth gets watered down, as truth gets put off, pushed off the side, then there is no more truth, and he can do what he wants to do. Now, as the world is covered in more darkness, the hatred of the light of Christ will increase. Yet it is commanded of us to spread the light of Christ and his saving love. Despite the persecutions which will come as we do this, we must keep our focus on those that can be saved and the glorious return of our Savior. That's what our concentration should be on. We're not of this world, so we should not fear it nor cling to it. We have a better world waiting for us. If the light that we have spoken of this morning has touched your heart and, you've, and you would like more to hear more about it, please feel free to, to stay after church and ask questions. There's not a person in here that's saved that should not be able to answer what it is to be saved and to accept Jesus Christ. Our greatest joy is to share our light with others. So if you're sitting here, you have questions, you have doubts, please take the time. It may last for eternity. That's all that's asked of you. Is listen to the truth, the truth that Jesus has. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. We know that the darkness is increasing. We know, Lord, that, <clears throat> that the world is, is on its way to... Uh, it's, on its, it's on its way to a very bad place, Lord. We know that the tribulation period where the, Satan takes over the earth is, on, is very close. 
But we also know, Lord, that it's very close for you to come and take your church. And it's also very close for you to just come back after the tribulation and take back the whole world, Lord, and, re- and reestablish your kingdom on it. We know all these truths, Lord, but living in the, as the darkness gets thicker and thicker, Lord, we, we need your help. We need your comfort. We need your strength. We need your leadership. We need you, Jesus, to be in our lives, to fill us with your spirit, to help us be bold, to tell others, and to spread the light of Christ, even though it may, uh, it may cause us some pain and persecution, Lord. We know that this is what it caused you, but it was your love that brought you here. And it has to be your love working through us, Lord, to tell others about Jesus. Help us to do that, Lord. Help this church, help every individual to spread the gospel of Jesus and to save more, to help, to help the Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead more people to a saving knowledge of Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.